This is the first episode of On the Flank Since the Death of Alarm, which the Philadelphia Fusion announced on Sunday night, November 7th. His family has asked for privacy, so we don't know many details, but it sounds like they had a funeral over the last week, with many of his friends and teammates able to attend. Here on the show, we knew Alarm primarily as an amazing MVP caliber Rookie of the Year flex support player, but many, many other people knew him much more than that. The Fusion will miss him, the fans will miss him, and we know the competitive Overwatch team will miss him as well. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 143 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, thanks for leading us off there uh, with a little statement about alarms. Uh, some very sad news that we did not expect this offseason, obviously. So, Just out of nowhere. Yeah, that Sunday yeah. night, I... I uh... Uh, pulled up Twitter to do some, you know, social media manager stuff for the Butler University esports program um, <laughs> that Sunday night, and uh, it was like 20, 20 30 minutes. I just I couldn't get up from the chair, just just like mm-hmm. trying to wrap my head around. Um, yeah, yeah, big stuff, big stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, it reminded me. Obviously, I did not know Alarm personally, but it, it really felt like a close friend had died or something. To be honest, like uh, just because he's so young, and you know, I've had a couple friends. Like I'm, we're getting older at this point, and I've had a couple friends from back home who have unfortunately passed away young, and it just it immediately gave me those feelings again. I'm like, man, life's life's so short, and some of the some of the best people have to go so soon, and it's 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 tough I, I agree with you joe i just could not believe it um i first saw it like in a discord notification that i usually get for like all all this overwatch news and i just saw like philadelphia fusion like in the twitter link basically and i was like oh they signed someone and no they, they did not sign something someone unfortunately it was the, the worst the worst case scenario news there and man Ah, hard to believe. I still can't believe it. Um, and it, it's been a, what a week now, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's tough news for the, for Philadelphia Fusion fans for Alarm and his family. And um, yeah, uh, I, I I'm sure we'll we'll have some dedications towards him in the next season and going forward as well. I mean. Um, only in the air for two years, but he you you can see the impact he made two years in, clearly. Um, but, I mean, always hard to transition off of something like this, Joe, but uh, obviously um, we're an Overwatch podcast. We, we've got some news to dig into here today. Um, starting off, per usual, with our in-game Overwatch news, uh, and we have like a new little skin challenge um, that's currently going on. We're about halfway through it right now, and it's Cassidy's New Blood Challenge. Um, it's one of those just classic skin challenges where you play a bunch of games, you earn the skin, you get some sprays, you get an icon, you can watch Twitch to get um, sprays as well. Uh, did this come with like a patch or anything, Joe? Um, I don't believe so. Or at least it wasn't significant. I uh, probably should have checked on that. But, um, but yeah, same deal. You win. Um, or actually, this time they have it set up where you play um, nine, eighteen, and twenty-seven games for the in-game rewards plus um, plus the Twitch stuff, which is nice. And it's cool. The uh, 
uh, at least the the twitch sprays in, sprays in particular are connected to the well and the 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 game winning stuff too are connected to the new comic that they put out uh, we have issue number one of the the new blood comic um, part one of five uh, to talk about presumably uh, the Cole Cassidy name change um, we didn't really get into much of that hardly at all um, in the the first edition and in fact I don't know just trying to think about it off the top of my head I don't even know if he was addressed by name at all <laughs> during I think he was. He, he, I read in, it. in the actual comic itself but um, but yeah he's uh, uh, spent some time in Cairo uh, talking with Anna about a bunch of um, metaphysical whatever <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's the right word but um, lots of scene setting I imagine for for a future plot to come oh yeah looks like it yeah I don't I, I, I think that is it's funny you pointed out his name wasn't mentioned yeah I didn't see I didn't see Cole Cassidy in there at all uh, which makes sense um, but yeah hopefully in those uh, newer editions where it says one of five we'll get to know what's up with the name change uh, but yeah, Cassidy's New Blood Challenge. If you want to go get that Sandstorm Cassidy skin, you can. Personally, I don't think it's uh, that cool of a skin myself. But um, yeah, you can go get it if you want. If you're someone who likes to collect them all. No doubt. Um, Alright, we got some a bunch of news um, about Overwatch 2 actually recently. Because there was a, an investor meeting. Um and Activision brought up, had to bring up Overwatch 2 as well as um, Overwatch 2's relation to the Overwatch League. Um, so Overwatch 2 has been delayed, um, basically. And I can't, at this point, it's been so long, I don't even remember the exact wording of it, Joe. But was it, you don't expect yeah. it in 2022 was the wording? Yeah, the, um, I I always I don't like to use the word delayed with Overwatch and it's yeah it's being pedantic but um you know there's been a couple stories in the last few months that have come out that said oh it's been delayed for X Y Z reason um, and we never really got a release date to begin with so I don't know how <laughs> it can know, be so, delayed yeah yeah um, but yeah the in this case it was a um, you know investor meeting thing um, and I, I think the specific phrasing was. Um, that the the investors shouldn't anticipate that the 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 profits and the financial benefit of Overwatch Two would be um, the, 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 like they wouldn't see the the benefit from that until 2023, I think, or, may, or maybe maybe even if it was that they shouldn't expect it in 2022. Yeah, I, I think is is what the actual language was. So it so you know being vague as the game companies you know like to be as far as that goes and it's i don't think completely rules out a 2022 launch you know maybe we're thinking holiday season um you know that kind of thing uh, it still puts us more than a year away but um um but yeah n notably um yeah that the the company won't see the the financial benefit of it for you know another full calendar year um um, and plus something, and that that means that presumably whenever this release date is, will be completely after um, the next entire season of Overwatch League. Yeah, which is crazy. So we're pretty much officially getting an entire season of Overwatch League on a game that only the pros can play, 
which is still going to be super interesting to me because just based off watching Rome, it's very confusing to watch Rome when I have never played it before. Um, in comparison to when I watch, when they posted Dorado and I posted them playing these maps I've played before, it wasn't as confusing. I knew those maps. It was fine, right? It was Overwatch. It was basically just Overwatch. Um, Overwatch 2 with these new maps and having not played played before, that's the biggest part I'm worried about with this next season is it's just going to be confusing or not as fun to watch because we just don't know this these entire maps um, at all. Uh, but they did officially also in the investor meeting announce that Overwatch League will still be on Overwatch 2 next year. This, this delay doesn't change anything. Um, so... Yeah, from a competitive aspect and from someone who loves the PvP part of Overwatch, I'm all, like, I, I'm kind of sad about this, for sure, uh, because the PvP aspect of Overwatch has gotten nothing because of this game and because of the how because of how long this game has, has been taking to come out. As someone who is very excited for this new PvE mode, who is very excited for this awesome story that they're trying to build, I'm all for them delaying, like... I'm I'm a huge like Zelda fan. They delay those games like three times before it comes out, and then it's a masterpiece every time. I think story games uh, absolutely should be delayed. I think the biggest issue here, though, Joe, is there's a whole game that they are ignoring because um, they have to make this game. And at this point, it feels like maybe you just take it back what you were saying before about how oh we gotta work on this so no new heroes no new nothing maybe you just release sojourn and overwatch at some point next year you gotta just do something um at this point like i don't think it's i don't think you have to save it all for overwatch 2 at this point um because you're, you're just losing interest in your brand overall what are your thoughts joe yeah. are you in panic mode about this or or anything like that yeah i don't know if panic is the right word necessarily but at this point yeah you're just a uh just gigantic lose-lose situation i think mm-hmm. uh no matter what they do and there's it's like a lose-lose-lose <laughs> you know because there's so many options but um because on on the one hand you you know you can play an entire season of your professional league with a game that nobody can relate to or you can um walk that back and turn around and be like hey just kidding we're going to do Overwatch 1 instead which that's going to be just as bad um, yeah. you can you, like you said continue you know focusing all your effort into Overwatch 2 and make it really good which I think is still possible you know we haven't seen much of it but um, you know now that they've got a year I mean uh, it's, it's still definitely possible I haven't written the game off as far as that goes when it ever comes out um at, at but you know you can do that at the the sacrifice and to the the neglect of your your primary game exactly um or at on the other hand you can start making you know patches from overwatch one and you can throw in new stuff um except that you're sort of you have to like retrofit um what you've already done right because the the balance has to go back to 6v6 for any any kind of balance adjustments you make and um the you know you have to rebalance sojourn from the 5v5 uh tank rework balance version to the 6v6 um you know double tank balance version that you'll use for less than a year and then revert and i don't know it's 
yeah, like I say, it's a, it's a, you know, you can't really win at this point, um, having committed to the things that they've committed to, um, the, you know, except for you get to the end of it and you release and you release a good product and, uh, it's gonna have to be good <laughs> at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, just a mess. Yep. It's definitely a mess. Yeah. And it's just that PVP versus PVE. Like, I think it's just meshing together and screwing each other up because the world of PVE video games are is so different right now from the world of PVP video games. PVP video games are updated like every week with new content. Um, whereas PVE video games are still very old school. They're still very, we're going to take five years to make this and it's going to be great. And I, that's such a blizzard thing, too. They would be on that bandwagon, right? They would be, we need to make an insanely good, polished PvE experience here, which I agree they should. But yeah, it's that PvP. They're taking that philosophy also to the PvP side of Overwatch 2, and it's really upsetting people, obviously, because that's just not the best way to run a PvP game right now. Um, but yeah, well... We'll see. Obviously, lots more Overwatch 2 updates coming down the pipeline um, soon, I'm guessing, and throughout the year. So we'll keep you updated. Um, up next, Overwatch League um, had some leadership change newses, or news, <laughs> newses. Um, John Spector is leaving um, the Overwatch League side to just head into uh, the no- normal Overwatch side, if I'm correct, right? What is it? It's commercial leader for Overwatch. So yeah, this is new title. Yeah. Um, so he's just he's working straight um, with the game now, no longer with the league. Uh, so I'm guessing that is definitely an upgrade to his job and and salary and all that. So congratulations to him on that. He worked super hard this year in the Overwatch League. We'll miss him a ton. Um, but I don't think we should hold him back from from uh, doing anything more impressive. Obviously. Um, and we already got who's going to replace him, um, and that is Sean Miller, uh, who apparently was working uh, was working with the Overwatch League before, and no one really, uh, no, one, he, he wasn't really that public of a face in my opinion because I didn't know who he was. Going to his Twitter profile, his his picture does look familiar. It feels like I've seen that face before, uh, but apparently he was working with the Overwatch League before, and is now coming back to be the head as well as Mr. X, Matt Morello, taking a um, bigger role within the Overwatch League community um, this year. So um, I think while we will all miss John Spector, I, I expect we're in uh, pretty good hands uh, just based off of uh, the replies from people in the Overwatch community saying that Sean Miller is a good replacement. I trust most of those people, big people, um, replying to it. So... Um, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on all this, all these moves, Joe? I mean, I don't think we'll know exactly what it's going to look like, but I think giving Mr. X a, uh, an expanded role is always a good idea, too. He's he's pretty ingrained in the Overwatch League community at this point. He knows it super well. Absolutely, yeah. That was going to be my my uh, highlight to pull out of that as well. Yeah, talking about, talking about leaving us in good hands, that's uh, def- definitely going to be a big part of it as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see how that affects everything. I mean, Spectre did a great job, obviously, but I don't think that means um, Sean Miller and Mr. X can't replace him well. 
All right. Um, next up is some retirement news. Linkser has retired, um, and he's moving on to Valorant. Um, so, uh, but mostly streaming, I think, for now. Um, yeah, he says mainly focus on streaming, and he's mostly going to be playing Valorant. Um, I, I imagine he's probably open up to competitive side of Valorant as well, but looks like streaming for now, which is... When people retire, that's what they usually do right away because it's easy and more fun and not as stressful. Um, I gotta say, I'm not too surprised after the disappointment that was last year from um, Links Around the Titans. And I, I did not expect too many people to be attempting to pick him up after that. Um, how about you, Joe? Yeah, I think that's that's definitely fair. I mean, big name, big player mm-hmm. um, just in in life in the Overwatch yeah, League. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and before, too, I seem to recall. Uh, he's, he's, been, he's been around the block as far as competitive Overwatch goes, but um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely good that he's, he's hanging around um, you know, in public, because I know, I know people like him, and it, he says uh, my competitive drive is massive, so I'll give Valorant a go. <laughs> um, and yeah, good for him as far as that goes. I mean, um, I know last off season we were um, being you know doomsayers and all that about about playing to Valorant, but you know at some point um, you know it's it just makes a good sense. Um, I think Linkser's probably in that boat. Yeah, I mean it seems like it seems like we're getting a lot of those Valorant players back to Overwatch too, though. Like at like at this point, at first it was everyone leaving to go to Valorant. Now it feels like we're getting like an even like little cycle. It's like okay. I'm an Overwatch player. Valorant didn't work out. I'm heading back to Overwatch. Uh, so, yeah, it's at this point it seems like a, a little bit of a cycle, and you still make more money from Overwatch. That is the big thing, apparently. So, um, obviously, with Valorant, Valorant's still a young scene here. It's still what Overwatch used to be before the Overwatch League. Once Valorant gets their big league, uh, I think we might lose even more people over there because that's when people start making the big bucks. Um, when that happens, I'd, I have no clue when it will, but we'll see. Uh, let's move on to some signings now. Uh, London made uh, four moves here. They signed Backbone, Provide, and then Poco. Um, wow, Poco. Yeah, uh, that's correct. So uh, Backbone, <laughs> Backbone and Provide, both contenders players, um, and both uh, UK, so... Playing, playing for London now, uh, both from the UK. And then you got Poco, who's he's of course European, and you, you should know who Poco is by now. Uh, played with Philadelphia Fusion his whole career, the first four seasons, and he will be in a different jersey for the first time in his career, the London Spitfire. And then uh, Spitfire also re-signed Hottie, and if you didn't remember, they have Shax and Sparker on their roster still. All right. Um, okay, Poco. Joe, what 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 do you think about this? I mean, I I I gotta be honest, I did not I didn't know if after or after a year where he just could not play basically, um, I, I you kind of expect it like to be oh yeah that almost kills a player's career. I was worried for him this off season. I wasn't sure if he wasn't gonna get signed by anyone, and he did, and he does. Uh, what do you think about that, Joe? Oh yeah, definitely uh, definitely surprising there. Um... Um, but yeah, I think that's you know, if nothing else, a, a testament to uh, the the 
the confidence that you know the London Spitfire um, managers and coaches and whatever um, have in them, I guess, as far as yeah. that goes. Um, and about feel as a positive about the signing, I think you know, he's going to be really nice alongside Hadi, um, uh, who they also you know resigned, uh, retained from from last season, um, and you, you know if he's a, you know able to step up into that. Uh, into that expectation, um, you, you know, and even a little bit, you know, however low the bar might be, again, for a player who's, you know, um, not been playing actively, excuse me, at least not, um, you know, in, you know, real matches um, for a while. I mean, yeah, so that that's that's a testament to, to the what they're investing in him um, and super exciting. Also, um, shouting out to... Um, uh, provide as one of the uh, several now. I think there's at least four or five uh, collegiate players in the league, uh, or at least signed from collegiate, uh, who are now on Overwatch League teams. Um, there's a, a couple more we'll get into later in the in the rundown too. But uh, but yeah, really really cool stuff uh, coming here initially from London. Also, apparently at some point, provide was signed to the Los Angeles Valiant, um, but never played. <laughs> um, according to Liquipedia, at least, he was signed for three months-ish from October 31st, 2019 to January 23rd, 2020. That sounds like an off-season to me. So they just signed Provide, yeah. and then they they dropped him. And this wasn't when they, like, mass-dropped people either, right? Because that's 2021. So, interesting. I don't even remember that, but... Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, yeah, London going all European again. Should be interesting to see what they do with this roster this year and a new head coach. Um, all right, we got some Florida signings who, as we know, are uh, completely rebuilding here. Um, they have signed Mirror and Adam, uh, two, two um, names that are pretty familiar at this point, with me, with me at least. Mirror, obviously, on the LA Gladiators here for the past or two years, since 2019. Uh, left the Gladiators this offseason and is now with the Florida Mayhem. And then you have Adam. He was a player who was going to be on the LA Valiant and then ended up not being on the LA Valiant because of the um, uh, mass dropping of LA players. Valiant. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's an Australian, uh, Australian tank player, off tank player. He was on Uprising Academy for a little bit this offseason. Um, I think everyone was super excited to see him in the league when he was signed by the LA Valiant. Everyone probably super as equally as equally as excited to see him um, this year on the Florida Mayhem. Of course, uh, if you didn't know, Florida Mayhem also have Sir Majd Hydron Checkmate uh, on their team with McGravy, assistant coaching, and Gunba as their head coach. Um, so those are their those are their major players currently. Um, so only five active players. They're going to need some more here. Uh, but so far, um, an all right rebuild in my eyes, Joe. But obviously you got some, you got some more players incoming. They're, they're going to be relying on a lot of these, uh, obviously, um, players out of contenders to do well, right? Yeah, and you know, there's uh, Florida may have not exactly a stranger to that as far as that goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how they, you know, pull the, together those final few pieces. Um, yeah, to to take another crack at 
you know, whatever. And super excited for Adam, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I believe uh, the way Halo put it, you know, he's getting the, uh, he's getting a second second chance. I think is what he said. <laughs> uh, or, or no, he's getting a, he's getting a second first chance. Because, uh-huh. um, you, you know, obviously didn't play the season. So. Yeah. Very sad to make Overwatch League and then, uh, and then just have to play in contenders again for an entire year after your team just decides to sell stuff to China. Um, I don't believe Flora Mayhem will be doing that, so he should be good this year, hopefully. All right. Uh, knock on wood there for the Florida Mayhem. Um, all right. Next, San Francisco Shock made another signing. Uh, they are going full contenders champions signings uh, this offseason if you haven't been paying attention. Um, and this time they went to Redbird Esports for that with, um, it's pronounced Sam. Okay. S- it's spelled S-N-M-M, but it is pronounced Sam, apparently. Um, American DPS player, uh, Echo Reaper Genji May Sombra, according to Liquipedia, uh, played on Redbird Esports Dark Mode NA. Um, this past year, American Tornado, of course, at one point. Yeah, um, they get another highly touted contender's talent here, Joe. Um, he joins Kilo, Finn, uh, Proper, and then Violet and Super from last year's squad. Man, I mean, yeah, the Shock team is... its I think this is the season where they obviously come in with different expectations because this isn't the championship squad that they've had every year. Um, but I think ex- expectations will still be high here for this team. You've got a bunch bunch of contenders, championships, champions, a lot of young players, and of course, Krusty is still the head coach, right? Yeah, yeah, I've got to think this is a really exciting offseason for San Francisco Shock fans. Um, you know, if nothing else, just for the um, the the experience and the, um, the, the new phases and the new blood trying to pull stuff in, but... Um, um, but yeah, also because you know who's behind it, and you know, uh, you know the, his, the history of the org, um, and there's they're definitely going to be able to do something with this. I'm I'm very confident. Um, and again, more uh, um, shouting out to more collegiate players. Yeah. So it's just it's just super good stuff. I think that's a, you, you know we know that's always been the goal of the Path to Pro anyway, but um, it's really developing. Oh yeah. Um, all right, Houston Outlaws next signing is Lastro. Um, they've had a pretty fun offseason so far with the signings of Pelican and uh, Iris. Uh, they now get Lastro to join that support line. Um, gotta say, uh, didn't expect this one too much. I mean, mainly because Lastro and Iris have very similar... They're, they're banking on a, a double flex support here, I guess. Um, and or maybe they just want Jake to continue to play Brig uh, and main support. Who knows? Uh, Jake's got a good mercy too. So <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, not as big of a fan of this signing as the previous two. I think Lastro has been. He was he was good back on LA Valiant. He was on Toronto last year. He wasn't great in my opinion. Um, and now he is joining Houston. Yeah, what do you think about the signing, Joe? Yeah, um, it's it's a, it's a situation with a solid enough player uh, that hopefully is going to be able to get, um, um, you, you know, the kind of support and and molding and whatever that, um, uh, that, that Houston can provide. So that's that's definitely um, a good thing as far as that goes. I had thought of something else I was going to say about Houston and I forgot. Um, 
what it was. So I don't know. I think it may have been about Jake and just saying, yeah, that I I, I suspect by the end of the off season, uh, we'll probably see Jake uh, moving away from an active player role. But I mean, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I just I'm I'm ready to expect the unexpected at this point. <laughs> I think Jake gets announced as like their captain. He's in all the time or something. <laughs> no, yeah, I expect him to move into a coaching role possibly, but we'll see. Um, next up is the Washington Justice signing. They signed opener. Uh, he's a main support player. Uh, previous pl- previously played for uh, Gen G and Ground Zero Gaming last year. So uh, main support player there to join Krillin and Vigilante. Um, on that support line um, as well as the rest of the team I, they kept a K-Mag Fury Assassin um, and have gotten happy here in the offseason um, apparently there's also rumors they might be trying to move Decay which I think would be interesting and I think could be a smart move uh, with Assassin because I, th- I think with Assassin happy you are you were very happy. Um, I think that's a good <laughs> DPS line right there. And Decay is probably the one worth the most money out of those three. So I think you could make a big big buck there. But yeah, opener joins Washington. Still very talented roster here. Still very scared for them. Um, and their high expectations. <laughs> How about your thoughts on this, Joe? Yeah, it's, it's definitely good stuff. Um, well, obviously, there's, you know... The, the joke that um, um, Washington, you know, even acknowledged pretty pretty quickly after the announcement from Opener, you know, that they they dropped closer and now they've um, <laughs> added Opener um, to the roster. But yeah, no, it's oh, it's yeah, yeah good contenders talent um, freshening up. We've seen Krillin before a little bit. Um, excuse me, clearly Washington um, uh, thinks he's still got it, so that's that's good stuff. Yeah, apparently. Um, it's looking like their support line might be one of the weaker parts of there, but Vigilante and Opener, I don't know much about them, so they could end up being really good. As far as Krillin goes, i a little disappointed about that signing, but we'll see. Um, alright, next signing is the Soul Dynasty continuing to just <laughs> pander to the, um, the old fans of the Overwatch League who just want all of the, all of their players to be on one roster here profit smurf jonak uh all together and now guess who's coaching them it's toby um the former soul dynasty player himself former soul dynasty main support uh playing for the philadelphia fusion last year retiring and now becoming a head coach of the soul dynasty i would expect assistant coach joe but it's freaking a head coach um toby (laughs) <laughs> which is awesome um, and should be tons of fun this year. Uh, they also announced some other coaches. Wizard Hyung, um, if you don't remember him, he got extremely hyped up after uh, that first season um, first season with the NYXL. Then ended up signing the Washington Justice. They were The Justice were like, oh my god, this is our savior. And then he did nothing. Uh, but he's just an assistant slash head of strategy coach, apparently. But yeah, they're, they announced their coaches. I mean, Seoul, extremely hyped up team coming into this next uh, season here. And now they got Toby as a head coach, which is super fun. Don't you agree, Joe? Oh, yeah. And yeah, jumping right in from, you know, uh, 
season season four player, season five coach. I mean, uh, it's, it's a really it's a um, I mean the phrase I guess is star studded roster he's been handed. <laughs> um, uh, and so yeah, there's going to be a lot of eyes a lot of eyes on Toby for sure to see how um, how he gets handled uh, going into this season. But um, but yeah, it's it's exciting exciting to see. I think it's good for him as far as that goes. Um, uh, but yeah, big big shoes um, to fill. Even though, you know, not even just from somebody in the past, but just from the the job he's got to do now. Oh yeah, big time. Um, and I mean, a similar piece of news here. Uh, another player returning to one of their former team, former teams to coach is Rascal. Coming back to the Dallas Fuel, he is not head coach. Obviously, uh, Rush is for sure keeping that role, but he's assistant coach. So, Rascal. Um, started uh, on the London Spitfire, stuck behind uh, some good DPS players there, moved to Dallas Fuel, and then obviously to the Shock where he won some championships and then Fusion last year. Now he is quitting um, playing to become an assistant coach here at the Dallas Fuel who are shaping up, of course, to be a scary roster once again this year. Uh, And now they got a scary assistant coach, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to me. I feel like <laughs> I feel like they should have signed both Toby and Rascal as like done the same thing as they did as Houston did with Jake, just in case. You know, they're like, oh God, Sparkle's not doing great today. Let's just let's throw Rascal in um, or something like that. I think that would would have been fun. Uh, but yeah, Rascal, another. It's fun. It's fun to see old players come back as coaches, right, Joe? I, I, I like this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's good. You, just for the perspective, I think. I mean, um, we, you know, we've talked. Uh, we used Jake already as an example during this show, but I, I think Jake is probably a good example uh, from what I understand of his interactions with um, Houston, um, and you know, even as a, a a talent person in I guess season three, it would have been. Um, yeah. That that perspective is definitely really valuable uh, when it comes to you know the, the kind of coaching and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, excited to see the, their roles. More excited about Toby, of course, because he's literally the head coach. Um, but yeah, this is uh, it's it's shaping up still to be a very fun next season. Almost as competitive as competitive as last year, in my opinion, Joe. It's everyone. No one's really. Uh, we've got some teams rebuilding, but we still have a lot of teams buying all in. Um. But yeah, that's a shorter episode here, but we just wanted to make sure everyone was caught up on some of this news here. Um, anything else to say before I sign off here, Joe? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. We'll, um, you know, as always, we'll keep uh, updated on news and off-season stuff and whatever, and I don't know. It's, <laughs> if you're listening to the show, you know what we do. Um, we'll be with you through it as it goes. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you guys all for listening if you want to follow us on twitter my twitter is at jwgeorgeiv joe's is at kirkpatrick underscore inc inc and our show's twitter is at on the flank show you're listening to this in one way if you want to listen to it in a different way uh, or on itunes apple podcast spotify or google play thank you guys for listening continue to enjoy the long off season here